1: It's everything you need a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today.
2: There's a drive into deep left center field and there's never a great time to
1: eulogize someone during the broadcast, so we apologize for the timing, but
0: our hearts go out to Pat. for your
2: loss.
1: Hey, this is John Sadak, TV voice of the Cincinnati Reds, and you're up for Late Night Reds Talk.
0: What is going on, everybody? It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. It's Late Night Reds Talk with this three-man trio you don't want to face in a short series and our very special guests. Really excited about the show this week as we are celebrating the Reds winning six of their last seven should be seven of the last seven, but we won't get into the negative part. We're all positivity here. We're going to talk about the big, the win today against the Royals, getting ready for this marathon against the Brewers with the All-Star break in between. So we have a lot to touch on. I am Tim Daniel. Go ahead and go around the panel as always, starting with Mr. Red Lake Nation himself, Nick Kirby.
1: What a difference a week makes, baby. Man, I know. Last week, we're in the middle of a rain delay that they end up calling a ridiculous loss and... Six and one later, here we are. Reds, let's go.
0: Let's go indeed. Also joining us, as always, former big league picture, my man, Mr. Snapback, Carlos Guevara. Looks like you had a great fourth of July, man.
2: Yeah, it did had a good one. Got a little bit of sun. Had to recap some baseball games late night, but uh <laughs> it was good.
0: Perfect. Well, we're glad to see you as always. And joining us today from the Cincinnati Inquirer, he is covering the Reds. He's covering the Bengals. He's covering college basketball. He is the hardest working man in Cincinnati sports media. You can check him out on Twitter at, is it underscore Charlie G or is it Charlie G underscore? I can never get it right.
3: Fun fact, it's Charlie G underscore underscore. Underscore like underscore. You you'll take what you can get. So Exactly. Our man, Charlie Goldsmith.
0: What's up, man? Welcome to your first, uh, first appearance on Late Night Reds Talk.
3: It's good to be here. I also got some sun on the 4th of July, but that's much less exciting probably than it sounds.
0: Yeah. You know, well, you were probably at the ballpark during the game, the weren't ballpark. you? Yeah, I figured. I figured. So you got us beat there. You um, win. Yeah. All right. So before we get into this, a little housekeeping, just so we can keep everything involved. And I don't forget things because I have a tendency to do that when we get started. Um, first things first, we are now on Apple Podcasts, like we mentioned last week. So we are waiting for reviews. And if you give us reviews, there might be a possibility you could win some of these. Details to follow. So we're looking for Apple Podcast reviews. If you're checking us out here on the YouTube, take a few minutes. takes a few minutes of your day. Five stars go a long way for us. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, welcome. But that's for here or there. Let's go ahead and get started. Charlie, you recently made a trip down to Louisville Slugger Field to see the rehab assignments of Michael Lorenzen. And you saw, you saw Jose Barrero, who is now in the Futures game. So with the, with Lorenzen getting close to returning, they're talking about the possibility this weekend. More they also talking about after the All-Star break. What did you see from Lorenzen? How close did you feel like he was to being on the big league roster?
3: I'll boil it down to one at-bat. His most impressive at-bat was against the Cardinals' top position player prospect, Nolan Gorman. He's like the number 28 prospect in all of baseball. The guy can hit. And what Lorenzen did to open the count, instead of leaning on his fastball, which he did that, that before was, he opened it up with two sliders in the dirt and Gorman was baffled. He was confused. He whiffed. And then what does Lorenzen do with two strikes? He dials up to 97 high in the zone for his fastest pitch of the night. Uh, that sequencing is what you want to see in the bullpen. Obviously, we haven't seen Lorenzen as a reliever since last season because he was preparing to be a starter during spring training. He clearly came out with a bullpen-oriented game plan bullpen oriented stuff and he looked very very ready to me any
1: chance any chance he joins the team against the brewers
3: yep that's the the line david bella said is if all goes well on thursday his second rehab appearance that he would be on track to join the reds on saturday in milwaukee
0: wow music to our ears beautiful That also was it. Was it, is Michael Feliz down?
3: Is it Feliz down there also? Yeah, right he was. He was. A, his fastball velo was up, consistently sitting ninety-five. He's a fastball pitcher, and he was still a fastball pitcher in Louisville. Um, he's the kind of guy they're gonna, of course, let him get fully acclimated, fully ready, finish out the plan as he recovers uh, from that arm injury, and see what happens after the trade deadline with him.
0: Nice. I like it. It feels, did, it feels comforting. Do you
1: know when he made his first uh, appearance back? With Louisville? Yeah, he
3: made his first rehab appearance, I believe, on Saturday. It was around that time. And this was his second rehab appearance that I saw this week.
1: Okay, so he's still got, like, over two more yeah. weeks that he can be in Louisville, right? 21 days?
3: You know, I'm not sure of that rule 100% specifically, but uh, a line David Bell has used is they have some decisions to make after the All-Star break with some of these pitchers on rehab assignments, which five are going to stick in the rotation. And Feliz is a guy who I would put into that category as someone who is out of options. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then obviously I think the, the hitting everyone wants to talk about, and I mentioned is Jose Barrero, I believe the day you were there, he had a, did he hit a homer that game? Okay. It was the game before. Okay. But you know, as far as that goes, I know that's, that's the name people are circled. He obviously did some time with the major league roster last year in the shortened season. Um, did you see, you know, what,
3: what would you see the expectations are for him from what you've heard within the organization? Yeah, the expectation is for him to continue to develop into the best hitter he can be. And the good news is that this season, he is having the best success at the plate this he is, that he has had in any season of his entire minor league career, regardless of level. It has been a little bit of a slower start in a, a few at-bats so far in Triple A, but you look at the swing changes he has made, that gives you confidence in that bouncing back. And then his production in Double A was beat for beat exactly what you would want to see from him. Um, he's kept the leg kick, but he's integrated a, a more upright stance at the plate, very similar to what Joey Votto did last season. That just makes a more compact swing. He uses the phrase, be short to the ball. And from what I saw in Louisville, he didn't have one bad off-balance swing the entire game. So those adjustments, you know, they didn't lead to a home run when I was there, but it was almost the opposite. The fact that he didn't have an off-balance swing might be the most important part.
1: He got off to a really bad start, I believe, in double-A also. I think like his first – or maybe maybe it was when he started the alternate site. I think he had a really, really slow start. So I think
3: it was spring training. From what from how I remember it, he didn't have a hit during spring training. Obviously, yeah. that was was not ideal. But then, you know, those stats don't matter. And clearly, he has responded from that. Uh, earned a futures game invite, which is huge, and which I think might be one of the bigger signs that all of baseball is seeing the step forward he has taken at the plate this season.
0: So, Carlos, you know, bringing you into the conversation here, from what you kind of saw in the, you know, the shortest stint of at-bats that he had last year, how much do you think that change in his swing is going to affect him moving forward?
2: I mean, the biggest thing is kind of what Charlie was talking about from not even putting my own eyes on it, but to get described as not being off balance on any of your swings, that's kind of like to a pitcher that's kind of, whoa, he's kind of locked in or he's got his, you know, I would kind of say kind of like you're a delivery as a pitcher, you know, he's got his, his setup, his timing, sounds like he's right on it. So, I mean, to me, I mean, you know, he, they mentioned that he talked to to Joey and there's kind of like some similarities between that, between their uh, changes that they made. And for him to be that, that quick already and to be, you know, balanced throughout his ABs, it's a pretty big deal.
0: Yeah. It's definitely going to go a long way for sure. Um, so, Charlie, let's kind of go into, I want to kind of talk a little bit about this past weekend, obviously, was the Cubs series, the Reds sweep the Cubs, they've now swept everyone in the division at least once. Um, but more I want to kind of talk about, like, for you, I know you've, you know, kind of been in the game for all the home games. What was it like to see a full stadium for a full weekend again?
3: This is how I've been putting it. Uh, when David Bell like, began being the Reds manager, when he got the opportunity to be the manager for his hometown team it was four series like that weekend against the Cubs at Great American Ballpark. That was his first time in a packed stadium in a playoff race. Because in 2019, he could have some packed stadiums, but no playoff race. And in 2020, he had a playoff race, but empty crowds. And just from (laughs) my perspective as well, for for a team that obviously has the expectations that it has for the course of the season to then go out and, and kind of bury the Cubs as well um, sent a message I think externally across the division and just also showed to me that they have uh, that their depth can lead to a lot of wins this season because that was kind of the recipe over the weekend in Chicago.
1: It was kind of um, Reds and Cubs played I remember a, a series in the end of 2019 it was a really really fun series and really the Reds were way out of it but the Cubs were fighting for a playoff spot it, it felt like the first series since then that was just a a really fun series it was a well-played series i think the reds took two of three from the cubs and they actually i think that they they really struggled on the stretch and missed the playoffs and it it just i don't know to me it felt like kind of the first series since then where it was like wow this is this is real baseball that 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 matters and yeah that was just an awesome series
2: yeah it's exciting to see like i don't know it's because now we're starting to get full capacity like stadiums are able to fill up and people are eager like there's been some good some good uh games where the crowds got into it you know like like san diego la games yeah um the reds now like it's fans are into it and it's fun it's exciting you definitely get a a playoff feel from it it's it's pretty cool
0: yeah then you watch the yankee games and all their fans are like had their heads buried and they're throwing (laughs) stuff it's awesome i love it
1: Six, six straight come from behind wins i mean the last six months have all been coming from behind wins. That's just, that's insane. I mean, probably a couple of years of my life taken off, but um, it's been exciting, man. The, the, the 2021 Reds say a lot of things about them, but uh, uh, the one thing you can say, they're very, very exciting every night. They're interesting. Uh, they're just, they're just a lot of fun to watch and, you know, I don't know how everything's going to play out, but um, every night I tune in, I'm entertained one way or the other.
0: So that brings me, Charlie, I gotta ask you this because you and I work on all the same college basketball beats. Um, what's it like to actually cover a team that's like consecutively winning and consistent and fun? Because as you know, from the teams we've worked together on of our college basketball games, we don't see that too often. <laughs>
3: that, that, that's right. That's right, that's right. Good no response. No response. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Doesn't need coaches texting
0: him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah relationships you know we got to make sure we keep those together um so you know i think right now every you know we're kind of we've played played, playing this game all for quite a while now these ups and downs we mentioned it last week uh with what they're looking now i think a lot of the idea now looks like from the weekend they have when they're getting a lot of revenue from how they're playing do you kind of charlie feel confident that you might say this team post also break going to the deadline might be looking as potential buyers at this point
3: i think you've Just from my perspective, personally, you can feel more confident in the Reds at the trade deadline in 2021 than I really think than you could have in 2019 and 2020, uh, considering how much the Reds team was struggling on August 31st last season. And in both of those years, the Reds went out and made moves. This is also a Reds team where there are obvious areas to improve uh, to where you don't even need to get, say, the very best player on the market uh end up making a, a huge impact on a playoff possible roster. Uh so for all those reasons, you know, it's it's easy to make a case that the Reds will do something between now and July 31st.
2: Confirm de Cincinnati.
0: Do it. <laughs> you know you struggle today, so the Mets probably aren't too optimistic.
1: Struggle to earn runs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just struggling for DeGrom. What a bum. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, talking about that, I guess we can kind of move forward. So sunny, Gray today, obviously seven innings, had a really, really tough fourth where, you know, couldn't hit find the strike zone. You could see on TV the concern that Bell and Derek David Johnson had. Um, when you kind of, you know, I thought I heard what he said in his postgame presser, and that was something. Um, but taking away from what you saw from Sunny today compared to what it's been, you know, the ups and downs he's had with injuries this year, what really jumped out the most from you in this performance today?
3: Just the seventh inning as a whole. Um, it was after the Reds had taken the lead, and then Sonny kind of just comes in and slams the door. It's the kind of inning where, like, you don't have to put your starter back out there for a seventh. You can, in a vacuum, say, "All right, you gave a six good inning, Sonny. Let's move on to the bullpen." And you know, the Reds bullpen's a separate conversation. But then for Sonny to go out and pitch arguably his best inning of the game in the seventh inning. To me, it was his most impressive inning of the game. It's just another sign of why he is ace material, if not the ace of the Reds. Obviously, injuries are the one thing potentially uh, making a difference from a label like that. But with Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray, um, the Reds have what they, right now, what they thought they would have at the start of the season with their front line starting pitching.
1: Yeah, yeah. you you pair him up with, with Castillo and Mally and Miley man, it's four really, really good starters. You're running out there, you know, like on four consecutive days and, and Gutierrez has certainly been no pushover as the number five starter and the Reds have so many other options to, to fill that last spot. So, yeah, I think, you know, if these guys stay healthy, I really think that's going to be a, a massive strength that that no one else, even the brewers don't have the brewers have two and inc- well, th- sorry, three really, really good starters, but they're fourth and fifth. I mean, it, it's, it's a little, you know, it's a little dicey for them. So um, I, I, I really think the red starting pitching depth, which it feels weird. They really only have like four legit starters, but four legit starters in this division goes a long way, you know, especially when you're comparing them to, uh, to, to their, you know, competition.
0: So we do have a question in the chat from uh, Tyson Youngman. He wants to say, what do you all think ownership does before the deadline? If anything, And do the seven games with Milwaukee help persuade that one way or another? Charlie kind of mentioned earlier, he felt like there were buyers, but I think that the Brewer series kind of absolutely does. Like in these seven games, I think if you go like five and two and you're like super close, like, yeah, you make a move. Um, I, but I kind of still feel like they're kind of going to be hunting even if they go one and six, just so they can try to get that like back. I don't think this is like a, I don't know. What do you guys think in that circumstance?
3: I'm you. curious, you know, that this has been a series that um, multiple players, multiple members of the coaching staff have said, it's a very important series. And obviously it is important for standings reasons. That's clear, no doubt about it. But what's impossible to parse is how much of the timing of the series is a reason that they're calling it an important series as well, because it is one of the crucial stretches. We're, we're now in the stretch run to the trade deadline and the Brewers series comes right at that inflection point almost.
1: Yeah, it's hard to see the Reds going like two and five in those those seven games, Um, assuming the Brewers hang on tonight. I mean, that would put the Reds like nine games back. So, I mean, it's hard to see the Reds buying at that point. So, yeah, I mean, it 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 matters. I don't think the Reds need to go, you know, six and one or, or anything crazy like that. Um, I would say sign me up right now for five and two all day. You know, reds yeah. within three, and I think they would really be in a good spot. But honestly, I mean, even, even four and three, getting within five games, um, you're still gonna have a couple of weeks before the deadline. I think, I think you're in a good spot. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not just the standings. It's it's you know, what what will the team do? And um um will they get a chance to, you know, maybe see that that starting pitching depth. Um, the, 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 the lineup, that, that that's clearly the best in the division. Will they get a chance for, for them to, to play the full season out and see what they can do? Um, the Brewers have clearly overachieved to this point. Um, I think they're going to come back down to earth. They seem like they're showing a little bit of signs of that, um, how much that, that, that you know remains to be seen. But I also think the wild card spot in the National League, I, I, I know the Reds are you know, quite a few games back from that. I know the Padres and Dodgers both look really, really good. Um, but a team like the Giants, that's another team that, that is really overachieved. I think that second wildcard spot could really get in play. It's really hard for three teams in the same division, even with the Rockies and Diamondbacks to all win like 90 plus games. So, you know, how will that, that all shake out. I mean, you keep winning. I mean, your Reds are four games over 500 right now. It's an 85 win pace. You keep winning. that they're, there's probably going to be a spot open up or at least a competitive spot.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I think like you mentioned, just that, that difficulty of that, that three-man race there. Um, And I think one of the things you've talked about all year, Nick, is if you look at this team's schedule come September, it's, you know, pretty favorable to the roster.
1: Nine, nine of the last uh, 18 games are against the pirates. I mean, that's what you want to, to close out a season. That's for sure. And God only knows what that Pirates team is going to look like in September. I mean, they're, they're going to trade anyone they can at the deadline. Um, they, they might also shut other guys down, that, that you know, at that point in the season. They're not going to – certainly not going to risk any injuries at that late in the year. So, I mean, you never know. They might have some some hungry guys and, you know, it's baseball. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, the Reds have a bunch of games with the Cubs, too. If the Cubs sell a little earlier before the deadline, Reds have, I think, a four-game series on, like, July 26th with the Cubs – um, that Cubs team, I mean, the Reds have already played well against them, but, but that Cubs team could really look, uh, um, you know, a little, a little different. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think the schedule definitely is favorable for the Reds. Brewers don't by any means have like uh this, you know, significantly more difficult schedule. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think the Reds have a, a pretty favorable schedule in the second half.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm certainly with you. So, Charlie, i you out here. Thanks again, man, for taking some time to talk with us. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, one last question for you, Roll. Um, you know, obviously this, this weekend is the Major League Baseball draft. They did this amazing thing where they're like, what if we have a draft when there aren't games on? It was crazy how that works out. Um, you know, obviously the Reds are pretty busy the first couple rounds. Um, you know, is there anything you've, like, you've looked into? Have you, like, discussed, thought of any prospects potentially that you've, like,
3: got rapport on or anything like that? You know, I'll be honest, no, I've uh, I'ven't I haven't gotten to do as much draft prep as I would have liked to this year. But um, as you mentioned, the Reds have a uh, big opportunity. Um, I'm very familiar with the position they're in, and uh, yeah, look forward to see what happens.
1: It's a good Perfect. thing. It's a good thing that your entire summer hasn't been around draft prospects. That means the the big league club's doing well yes. because it would have been three years ago. So yes, <laughs> very the
0: good. Hug- the year of Hunter Green, I think it was like written in stone, like when he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, like the Reds are taking this guy. Like, I feel like it was like at that moment, I was like, oh, cool. Awesome. Well, Charlie, this has been awesome, man. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us. Uh, you got anything, any, you know, if you want to plug anything as far as any articles you have coming up, your social media, by all means, man, take the floor.
3: Well, thank you. Just just read the Cincinnati Inquirer, hopefully. Uh, thanks again. Uh, seriously, great talking to you guys.
0: Thanks
1: so much, Charlie. Appreciate hey, it, man.
3: All right. And that was with Charlie Goldsmith. So we're at, kind of, we
0: had him on. So guys, let's kind of talk a little bit about a few different things here. Um, first things first, last time we talked, we were kind of getting ready for it. So now we do officially know that the Reds will have two starters in the outfield. It's That feels like it's ages ago and it was after we last recorded. So excitement, feelings, where are you guys at with that?
2: It's awesome. Exciting. I mean, for sure. I'm mean, going to have two starters out there showing, I mean, usually we have to wait a little bit for the fifth sixth getting yeah. to watch our reds players take an ab or something but these guys are gonna be in starting lineup and we're in the white and red that'll be
1: pretty cool
0: well they'll be wearing that weird oh yeah yeah god i hate that
1: i'm still <laughs> hoping they they cave at some point yeah and, and just say yeah let's let's go back this was a stupid marketing ploy we're sorry forgive us
0: yeah i feel like you know like Nike, I really love that Nike has the MLB license for apparel, but sometimes they just go a little too far. Um, As you can see, I'm pretty passionate about the swoosh, as you can see behind me. So it's pretty hard hard for me to criticize them, but yeah, those are god-awful. But yeah, like you guys said, it's pretty cool that they're going to have two guys. We don't have to wait six innings, like Carlos said. We also don't have a situation like in 2010 when Joey had to be in the last vote to get in the year he won the MVP, which was unbelievable to me um hey. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think it's obviously it's exciting it's really cool it's right in the middle of the break that's the reason castellanos got a day off today uh, is what they were saying on tv so he got a break he got a he won't have a break during the all-star gig so we have that and like carl uh charlie mentioned earlier we now have an additional guy in the futures game with jose barrero joining nick lodolo so uh we've talked about this quite a few times because i think you know nick you mentioned a lot of people seem to have this idea that this reds window is like here as far as like about the shut but really if you look realistically at what they have in the pipeline and who's like what the contracts look like for this team I think it's a little more open than people are kind of give, saying so and I think we've kind of hyped herped on that quite a bit throughout the season
1: yeah I mean I think the Reds have a, have a, a, a good core that they can build upon especially if they're willing to spend some money um, now that being said I don't know the Reds are going to have a better opportunity than they might have this year Um, you know, things happen, you know, um, you never know. The Reds team will look totally different in three years than we think right now. It just, it it always works out like that. You know, three years ago, we'd be expecting Jose Peraza to be our starting shortstop. You know, I mean, and and that was not a weird thing. I mean, that was like, like legit. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I tweeted out earlier. I mean, this is the first time since 2014, the Reds are going to be 500 at the all-star break. I mean, come on, like let's go, let us roll. I mean, you know, it's been a long time. Um, yeah, I, I was kind of willing to give this team a pass for some of their decisions this off season, but you you just packed out the stadium against the Cubs. Like, a lot of excuses are over. You know, um, um let's go get some big league players. I I'm interested, in Carlos, your opinion. I, I think the Reds should still get a shortstop um i think they should absolutely be in the conversations for trevor story i don't know why you wouldn't want to get one of the i think 15 20 best position players in baseball um i mean i don't think you should sell out your, your sell your soul for him but um i think it should be in the conversation i think they should at least be looking at someone like a, a miguel rojas or or someone like that um i don't know i i just jose barrero I and mean, he seems enticing but he looked overmatched last year. You know, it was enticing last year, too. I, I just, I'd rather see him be the second option as opposed to the first option for a team trying to win a division down the stretch. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think they should kind of, that they should upgrade there at shortstop. But, I mean, I would love for them to get Trevor stored, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to go kind of more of like a, you know slide upgrade, kind of how we talked about last week. Like, you know, slide, slide upgrade, great defensive player and about an average big league hitter, because there's not a whole lot out there that's going to be available. And then you know, go and spend you know a little bit more money on a reliever, or two. You know, actually two of them. Like, I'd rather have the two best, the three. out of, If we get a shortstop and two relievers, I'd rather have the relievers be, the you know, the better of the of the three. You know, one and two. Like best acquisitions, and then the shortstop. Like I would spend the m- more money there.
1: I would take Trevor Story, and that's it. If that was my only choice. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. But I yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, if if it's we're talking Andrelton Simmons and no relievers, yeah, I'm probably gonna say, well, let's just hey, we, we've we've come this far with our boy Kyle Farmer. Let's keep rolling. He, he's he's doing great. Like seriously, like all all credit in the world to to guys like Kyle Farmer. Like he's hitting his career average. Um, his, you know, his career, like OPS expectation and he's playing phenomenal defense, all the credit of the world to him, you know, the red just should have a better shortstop than that. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's that simple. And honestly, if, if farmer went down, I mean, I guess you'd call up, you know, you would obviously call up Ario, but like, if he's not ready, like who's going to play shortstop. You can't play Suarez there every day. I don't think you're going to play Mike Freeman there every day. There's like no other options, you know, it's a scary place to be.
0: Yeah, before anyone jumps in, no, Jonathan India cannot play shortstop. He would be right now if he could.
1: I just, I don't, I don't get the the obsession with that. I just, um, he's having a phenomenal year. Why would you want to make it harder on him? And then he hasn't been very good at second base. Like he has great tools, but he hasn't translated into a a good second base defense. Um, How I just, why would that? The Reds are so cheap. Not really so cheap. I don't think they're as cheap as everyone makes it out to be. But the the narrative is the Reds are super cheap. If if that's true, why would they not be playing India or Sinzel or whoever right. else at shortstop if they could? Like that makes them so much more valuable. You don't have to spend money. You know, like right. If they could. They would. Lopez, if he can play shortstop, he'd be playing shortstop.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing is like, people are like, well, what about Senzel? And it's like, no, just let it go. Like, you know, I know he can play multiple positions and that's great. Um, but I don't think he's necessarily completely Benzoberus. I think he's just a good model of Benzobris, basically, in that circumstance. Poor man's Benzobris. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm looking for. Thank you. I'm Poor Ben be left-
1: these days. Poor Ben these days. We won't- yeah. <laughs> Poor yeah.
0: guy. I- Gosh. <sighs> All right. All right, so I'm gonna make my ploy here. This is my my dream scenario, and I know it's not gonna happen, but I'm gonna go ahead and put this out here uh, to Mr. Brian Cashman. I know you're listening. You're not listening, but I know you're listening. I don't want to roll to Chapman on the Reds because we we've we've seen that year. How did he get an All Star break? By the way, how the hell did he get an All Star game? Well, his uh, ERA
1: went way. up like three runs the day that he was announced.
0: Yeah. So, <laughs> do you see? I can put that thing out. His last three appearances, he's only got an inning and a third yeah. total. So I'd still take, know, it. I would too. Yeah. I take my sure. chances, but
1: no, I'm, not that,
0: I'm not going that fully here guys. I'm saying since the Yankees are in fourth place and their fans hate their team and everyone that like you watch those games, the Yankees see them. Everyone's in disgust. I'm calling for Chad Green. I think he, but I think he tried to get pique their interest. He's been phenomenal this year. He's been their best pitcher. Um, you know, since Adam out got traded and like, he's been pretty good when he's not closing games for the Red Sox, but I think I'd pique the interest and in see what they want for Chad Green because at this point, he's in his last year of arbitration. Uh, he's at a hell of a year. I mean, he's kind of been their like any eater from their from their bullpen. So I think that's the guy that I'm looking at the, calling the Yankees and seeing like what can we make something happen for him because they're not catching Boston or Tampa and they might not catch Toronto.
1: Yeah, sign me up. Uh, not a hard sell. Love. He's a multiple. inning yeah. any- Twist it. <laughs> <laughs> he could take xeno perez's but oh no <laughs> um yeah i mean i love that he's a multiple inning guy too i mean that's kind of like you know like like extra bang for your buck you know um i love i love the 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 two inning reliever model Me too. um it's just you know especially when you're having you're gonna have three four days where you go without needing to pitch your best guys because either you're blowing out or you're getting blown out um so i love you know hey starter can only go five innings today well, we got two two good arms they'll, they'll cover our four innings game over you know so yes yeah, so, sign me up there, there's so many relievers if 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 you you know if, if you try there's there's guys that you can get on more of salary dumps um there's guys that you can get if you just you know trade some prospects um but it'll be interesting i have heard a lot about the the price of arms will be uh higher than normal just because of um you know the 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 season that we're in after the the short season you know everyone needs uh bullpen and starting pitching um help more so than normal so yeah i mean it probably will be somewhat uh at a little bit of a higher price but um yeah I th- the brewers made another trade they traded another one of their i saw that Quality relievers that that's that one was you know that one was a little weird to me. I, I just I, you know, I, I, maybe they're maybe they're you know, thinking we're gonna flip him for him and then we're gonna get some more built-in help from somewhere else down the road. But they've traded three relievers now. I mean, the first one first trade obviously with Willie Damas is you know, uh, looked like uh looks great, uh, steal at this point, but um, but yeah, I don't, I don't i don't three three relievers in this year you know how the hell are they going to hold up
0: yeah i don't know man but uh you know like i th- I could do kind of feel like they're kind of falling soon and we, like you said we saw some glimpse of that today how about jose peraza finally getting a big hit for the reds today guys right right <laughs> my man had
1: 14 home runs in, in 2018 <laughs> 2018 man i uh, he he uh he bamboozled me i thought he was going to be good i really I know did. after that 14 home runs he's like 14 home runs i don't like his like plate approach he never walks but hey hit 14 home run play shorts up at great american ballpark man you're gonna be a star
0: yeah
1: or at yeah. least an average player but
0: right yeah exactly I love um, Jose. <laughs> so i kind of want to talk about something that's really jumped out because i obviously want to say when kind of talk about the you know what the the, the Roll the team so far. I know we've got about a half hour to go for our regular show. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but we really saw it. We saw it today really kind of play dividends. Um, and we've seen it quite a bit from India, but the, the, the base path aggressiveness from this team, I feel like it's kind of picked up a little bit during this win streak. And you're really seeing in these close games um, today, Shogo steals third, which was awesome. Um, and you've seen India obviously has got seven stolen bases. The team as a whole doesn't have a ton of stolen bases, But have you guys kind of noticed and also what your thoughts are, kind of like how they've been, it feels like they've been a little bit more aggressive on the base path.
2: Yeah. I feel like it's been like that for a while now, even, even whenever they weren't playing well, they were still out there, you know, jumping around and taking the extra base going first to third, things like that. Um, But it's more prevalent now that they're winning. We noticed that a little bit more and, you know, it's more of a rah-rah instead of a, you know, a golf clap, like good job type of deal.
1: Yeah, I've seen a lot of uh, studies more taking the extra bases um, on something that can be really, really valuable as opposed to stolen bases. I think stolen bases are so overrated unless you have a, a Billy Hamilton, but he has to get on base, um, um, especially with this team, with how many home runs they hit, man, the worst thing you can do is, is get caught stealing. Like, I mean, it's it just, it's a, it's a killer because, you know, hit home runs every night, you know. So um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I like the way they play, you know. Uh there's just some sneaky fast guys like Jonathan India is like sprint speed is yeah. like almost in Zell, Mike Freeman, that dude can fly. Um, he does not look like a guy that can run, but he he can he can book it. Um, and then and then Michael Lorenzen coming back. Um, I kind of like compared to sprint speed, he will probably be the second fastest. Uh uh, runner on the team behind India, and then if Sinzel is back to the third fast, so be interesting to see. I don't, I don't know if you know just because he's been out, if they'll just be completely, you know, leery with using him in any additional roles. Um, I'm assuming they'll start him slow, but you know, down the stretch, you know, if he's not available to pitch, you know, that's having a, a pinch runner, especially like say a guy like Tucker Barnhart, or you know, gets on base who, who's a really or a slow runner or, or Joey, um, and, and it's the eighth inning and. They're they're probably not gonna come back up again. I mean, uh, you know, Lorenz is a guy you can you can certainly uh uh
0: use and have some value there. Joey's been sneaky good on the base path this year. He hasn't stolen bases by any means, but he's kind of he's doing he's, his thing. He's a high IQ base runner. Yes.
1: That's a, yes. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I love how I say that and Carlos goes, hmm. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs>
1: that's what they always said about Scott Rowland. Not fast, but he always takes that extra base. He's always smart. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's overvalued or whatnot, but he does seem like a smart base runner,
0: yeah, especially on this a, team. We're not asking for Deion Sanders here. We're just kind of, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, can we talk? Can we, uh, we have? It's nine thirty-five, and we have not discussed uh Nick Cassiano's home run in Kansas City. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how we didn't start the show with that, Tim. Like, this is a missed opportunity. Like, well, what I, on earth? <laughs>
0: dude so i feel like i gotta tell (laughs) our story about it more than like so we're like so the three of us obviously since we did the pod together we text during the games we'll just kind of like say stuff we see and what we like and whatnot we'll have a good time with it and i think i tweeted i think i texted you guys and like after he hit the homer before like the video comes out and i was like of course he would hit a ball to left field for a home run in kansas city and carlos did something like laughing and then nick goes wait till you guys see the video i just got and we're like uh okay it's like about the post on twitter it's going up in just a couple seconds and i shit you not my wife came downstairs and was like why are you laughing so hard
1: (laughs) poor guy getting his eulogy read like just (laughs) i I just my my favorite part of that is i just imagine the the kansas city tv producer who who said hey we, we need to you know (laughs) <laughs> you know to say something about this guy he wasn't you know he's like oh so in the seventh inning that's like our good you know or it was in the seventh, it was like fourth to fifth inning it was like a good mid mid midway point of the game I just imagined him going all right we're doing this and then he see, and then I was like oh no what what have I done like he had to have known instantly like I just made <laughs> hey, this go viral <laughs> like
0: well, dude, they were talking about Levitard the next day. Like Levitard had a whole five-minute yeah. segment on it.
1: Like that was hilarious uh, yeah. to watch that. <laughs> what uh just I- I- incredible. It's stuff like that that just makes baseball so awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> you, 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 just, you never know what's gonna
0: happen. <laughs> well, there's a thing, I think it was it was either an A-ball or rookie ball, but they were saying like his first home run in the pros was the day Ben Laden got killed, got killed.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. reds reds play the cardinals on september 11th this year <laughs> no tributes no tributes when the comes up
0: <laughs>
1: oh man
0: yeah oh but just just fantastic television the best part about it too was when you put that thing out It's his brother being like this isn't real there's no way this is real <laughs> he didn't he, he messaged me he,
1: he didn't believe it he's like this is you made like, i swear i did not make this up like like I'm editing this and like I'm trying to get it out quick, but like I can't stop laughing But, like I'm my my hand shaking, like trying to edit with the, my mouse. Like this is just phenomenal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like, yeah, because I, you know, obviously, like so everyone popped up with the whole like thing from last year with Tom. And we're not gonna get fully into that whole that whole thing, but of course, you know, the thing that struck this whole and then uh, someone shared a video from I guess 2015 when the Reds are playing in Milwaukee. And they're like doing the same thing where they're like talking about this like guy who passed away. I think he worked for the Brewers organization and Jim Day is like, uh, you know, he was a great guy. We always loved him. He did his homework. He will surely be missed. And Joey, it's like this home run to deep center field. And on the presentation, as Jim Day says he will be missed, Tom Bredman goes, well, that ball wasn't missed.
1: (laughs) 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 Baseball, man. Baseball. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh
0: i can't think about it without laughing <laughs> I, I just look like the Kansas city broadcaster is like well there's never a good time to broadcast to somebody <laughs> how did he not
1: laugh i mean that dude is a pro that guy is a pro like he didn't like his tone <coughs> di- his tone didn't change he didn't say too much i hope I, I hope that they had cut the mics and they were like rolling laughs, and they said, "Okay, we got it together. We got it together. Put me back on." <laughs> like, I hope that's how it went down. I, I wish, I wish I could see video of that booth. Oh my goodness.
0: Oh man, I know it was probably Nick like that. Of-
2: Rip to whatever his name was. Sorry, no <laughs> offense. Not whatever his name was, but his name. Like, that would have <laughs> been funny if he had it like on his cap.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a missed opportunity. Oh man, it, it, maybe I'll do it for the All Star Game.
0: That'd be awesome. Because I think someone like tweeted his mom and they're like, does he know like what he's like famous for? And she's like, of, of course he does. Of course he does.
2: <laughs> well, there's a deep drive.
0: <laughs>
2: Any publicity is good publicity.
0: Yes. But like the tweets after were so funny when someone's like, I'll be like reading my like like the thing at my mom's funeral, and all of a sudden here comes Nick Castellanos with a pitching machine and a little slugger. Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh man i think part of the reason we didn't have a start to start the show with it nick because i didn't know how i'd recover because i keep laughing
1: at <laughs> <guys>. <laughs> poor charlie just be like watching us like you guys can talk or you know, just yeah can, like wasn't that funny guys you're, you're <laughs> immature oh, shit. oh
0: good stuff good stuff
1: uh, um, i got we got a good comment here evan big suarez guy said said he's, he's coming around so thanks evan thanks evan for your love for suarez we we all believe him, in him here Six game hit streak.
0: Six game hit streak. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, love it. So, yeah, obviously, anytime you sweep the Cubs, that's a good thing. Like we kind of said there, um, kind of suspect that. Uh, I feel like if, you know, if you had to, it's, it's probably Craig Kimbrell, right? If you just say one's gone, it's probably him. Without every team needing bullpen pitching this year,
1: I don't think so. He's he's got a pretty substantial contract i mean i think he's like 16 million this year so but two-thirds of 16 is that's a lot of math like five something five something million
0: yeah um, little, about five and a half or so
1: yeah i mean he'll be a little pricey you know for a reliever but yeah i, I can't see i just i don't see how uh, brian's obviously not going to resign there um you know rizzo probably stays just because they could they could qualify off for him and i can't imagine he he's going to be worth much more than that qualifying offer pick right
0: yeah i can't imagine
1: so and and, and they want to re- i think they want to resign him it sounds like he wants to stay there um i hope we get his decline years and they have to you know pay a first baseman that's not productive that'd be wonderful so i'm all for that if they're keeping any of them that's the guy i would want i mean he's i think you know he's the oldest uh Contreras I mean every so many teams need catchers except for the Reds some of the Reds don't need a catcher like yeah we've, like we've always needed a catcher and we're loaded um uh who else who's the other there's oh bias. I mean, Yeah, Bias I mean I mean I I think it'd be awesome if <laughs> traded for Hobby Bias um
0: him and Amir on the same team? I feel like they
1: would just like. I feel like both of them like with their big personalities, like, but yeah, whatever. We're we're teammates now. Let, let's go. Yeah, I feel man. like they they, they move would as get as
2: along so good.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's hard to see the Cubs trading, but is there a team that that needs Javi Baez more than the Reds? Especially the Reds would just be such a good partner because Baez is, I think, what like what Carlos was saying. He's He's that shortstop that you know the Reds don't need an elite hitting shortstop, but buys is a great defensive shortstop. He hits at least league average. Um, man, he would be a perfect fit for the Reds, especially. I would imagine the Cubs would probably throw in some money or pretty much give him away. Um, yeah, that'd be a perfect, perfect fit. I, I can't see it happening, but no, you never know. I, I mean, you never know.
0: Yeah, I feel like. Um, when was the last time
1: they
2: traded within the division?
1: Reds it got shot. Have- Sean Marshall, Sean Marshall. I mean, Sean Marshall was an elite reliever when the Reds he got him from the Cubs. So, I mean, I I don't, you know, that was I think that was
0: 2012. Was yeah.
1: Free like, Theo Epstein. Like, was it that long ago? Or
0: yeah. It was, or was right that before. one of the first
1: Theo Epstein moves?
0: No, it was like right before that Theo came in because I remember like we're reading it, when you were reading about the trade forever and the Cubs. Like, they were like the Cubs really love Travis Wood, and we're like, cool, take him. Like, by all means, like. Uh, yeah, so that got Sean Marshall in that deal, and then I think that's the last time they traded in the division.
1: I mean, yeah, outside of you know some, you know, small moves. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Reds got a pitching coach from the Brewers. That wasn't a trade, but
3: <laughs> it
0: was nice.
1: I think the Reds and the Brewers made a trade. I, I can't. I don't know. I can't remember. I think the Reds and the Brewers made some, somewhat of a trade. I don't know. It's a little bit easier when, like, you're the Cubs are in kind of a weird spot because, like, they're expecting to be competitive next year. So it's a little different to trade someone like, like, when they were... when they traded Sean Marshall, like, they knew they probably weren't going to be good the next couple years. Right. It'd be weird to trade Javier Baez and then both teams are like competing for the division title. And you know what I mean? I, I feel like that's a little, little bit different. I don't know. If I was a GM, I don't feel like I would worry about that. Just like, whatever's the best offer, like, who cares? Like, but. I don't know. I mean, it, it's you know it's your livelihood. You know, people will come back at you if you know he yeah. tears it up for your rival.
0: But Carlos, what about your Padres? Do you think uh, Kim is going to be? Do you think the Reds might be able to get Kim from them?
2: I mean, I don't think he's on their on their target board or anything like that. <laughs> um, it wouldn't be. I mean, I don't think it would be an upgrade. I guess he plays shortstop, but. I don't think he hits as well as Kyle Farmer, does
0: he? Yeah, I don't think so.
1: Probably close. And I can't see the Padres wanting to trade him. You know, like yeah. They, yeah. they signed him because you know Tatis does have a you know somewhat of yeah. an injury track record. They they want insurance there. Uh so yeah, I don't see them. The other the one other guy that I I, I definitely see is maybe a target and um would be JP Crawford of the Mariners. Although I think the yeah. Mariners are like within like three games of the wild card. So I don't you know, it They're depends on well. depends on how they you know, how they shake out the next couple of weeks, but he would be an interesting week. He's still, he's the only one of like guys that we've mentioned that has like multiple years of control left. So like, I don't, I don't know if the reds would ever say, Hey, you know, would you be interested in, in a shortstop or shortstop swap and, and, and look at trading um trading Barrio, who probably has a little more upside. Um, and I think probably about like two, two, three more years of control. Um You know, Crawford would be a, a, a more of a, obviously a bigger, a better contributor this year and maybe next, but you know, Barrio kind of has the, the more long-term, you know, potential. So I, I don't know. That'd be another interesting one. I don't, I don't know. Um, oh, um Carlos. Quit. Tim quit. He's out. He's done. <laughs> He's <F> this,
2: <laughs>
1: Carlos, who do you think, uh, who do you think has a better chance of uh, having a, uh, a big game in the all-star game? Winker or Cassianos
2: um
1: who's starting for the American League so I had it up here it's a lot of right-handed pitchers which is why I would probably lean Winker I think Winker's probably better hitting like right-handed pitchers um Bieber Cole Valdi Gibson Lance but those
2: starting pitchers like they'd like to throw a lot of fastballs during the all-star game so I don't know. That's, I mean, it's a toss-up either one of those guys, really. Yeah. Unless he's left-handed, then I would easily go Castellanos. But... Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Not even. <laughs> I hope Winker doesn't have to face a lefty in the All-Star game. That would be brutal. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dude, being at the All-Star game is so weird when, like, starters just keep, like, coming in every inning. So, like, I went to the one in Cincinnati, and it's like, oh, it's the fourth inning, and here comes Felix Hernandez. You're like, oh, this is – this is kind of awesome but it's just so weird because you're like oh yeah like this guy's in and this guy and it's just pretty funny to see like especially you see like these stars like david price i guess now he's he's been in the bullpen for the dodgers but like seeing him coming out of the bullpen to like throw again i'm like is this 2008 like it was it was pretty wild
1: yeah, i've had pretty tough luck with the all-star game i moved to cleveland the year before it was in cincinnati and then it was in cleveland and we had a two-month-old baby and so i didn't i didn't go so yeah, just a, I got to get to one definitely on my on my bucket list.
0: NBA All Star games in Cleveland this year.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm gonna pay whatever it would cost for that. I don't blame really you. Trying
0: to
2: know. see who. I went to uh, humble brag. I went to watch Joey play in New York whenever it was at. Um, was it Citi Field? I guess yeah. Mets. That was a pretty cool experience. Like uh, though we were kind of. It's considered like family so we got to ride on the family like bus you know like an, an hour we on the red, car- red carpet show yeah they stopped like downtown Manhattan and stuff for all the buses to come through like it was all barricaded and like you know we we're going by police and it was it was pretty badass and then I forget who we faced I, forget, I thought it was like a like a nasty left-hander or something like that but and you're kind of like oh damn it <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will find video of this the red, red carpet show 20
2: was that like 14 no not on the red carpet show it was like the actual game like i wasn't in the truck with him it was just him and his girlfriend like i don't oh, want to be a part okay. of that it was like just we just let that go i thought you were like waving <laughs> to the kids like hey what's <laughs> up know. whenever like the the charter buses were leaving the hotel you know like the players were already there doing everything but it was like an hour hour and a half before the game where me and my wife we you no, know, we were considered, you know, part of his family. So we got to go on the family bus from the hotel downtown to the game or up to the game at City Field. And they like barricaded, had everything blocked off just so we can make sure and, and get there quick and fast. So that was a pretty cool experience.
0: I can imagine that. That has to be pretty cool.
2: Yeah, especially in a city like that to see them just like stop traffic and you can just see everybody pissed off. Like, who the you f- know these people? Get them out of here.
0: <laughs> yeah new york is freaking wild with those people man um so yeah, we got about we got a few minutes left uh, i want to kind of touch on something before we get into the right the brewer series um so like i mentioned earlier in the show this weekend coming up is the uh the mlb draft the reds have a lot of very early picks and so carlos i kind of wanted to kind of go through your time we got a ton of questions too awesome so we'll kind of you guys care for a little over an hour today i don't really care if you guys don't you guys got anything to do
1: I can talk about the Reds for ten hours, especially when they have a six-in-one week. Yeah, you'll have to creep me off.
0: (laughs) So, Carlos, I kind of wanted to kind of pick your brain because obviously Nick and I have never been drafted, Um, and you were a pretty early draft pick. You know, in the in the top ten rounds of a you know seven hundred and fifty round draft. Um, But you were pretty unique because a lot of those guys are drafted pretty early. They're high schoolers, have a lot of promise. They're D1 guys. You were a guy who pitched on a D2 national championship team and got drafted. Do you kind of remember like the process when you found out your name was up there or like what that process was like, when you found out you were going to enter your name into the draft or how that process worked for you?
2: Oh yeah. I definitely know whenever I got put on the map because, you know, I'm a a six foot with cleats right-hander. I'm a dime a dozen throwing 80, 89, topping out 92. Like division two is full of me. Division one is full of me. And so, um, my school, the pitching coach that we went there for, you know, he was a like a disciple from Mike Marshall. So they taught the screwball. And so that was my pitch. And you know, I taught that freshman year, sophomore year in college. It was it was just a good change up. And then I went and played summer ball. Um I, I don't I'm not sure if I told the story here or not yet, but um, you know playing summer ball in Virginia in the Valley League, I was just, you know, tossing before a game and I was missing with the grip on my screwball and I found it and I was like, hey Holy shit, throw that back. And, you know, threw it again, snapped it off. I was like, Oh shit, I got something. I got to go tell, you know, the manager, Hey, I have to pitch today. Like I have to, so it put me in the game, you know, like, I don't know, struck a couple of guys out, but like the rest of that summer league, like that happened pretty, pretty early, but the rest of that summer league, I figured it out. And I was striking out two guys in an inning and it was like, you know, it was full of D one D one guys. And, um, And so it was like, at the end of that summer, I was like on the Baseball America, like, you know, top guys to watch out for, like the newcomers are on the list, like, and I was one of them. And all right, well, you know, I remember playing like fall ball um, and the coach, you know, there's a couple of scouts there, you know, in San Antonio, there was usually like a red scout, a brave scout and like a mariner scout that would come if you had anybody. And so they'd show up and, you know, the red scout, Jimmy Gonzalez told my pitching coach that they was kind of friends with like, Hey, you know, we like Carlos we'll probably end up taking him this year, just to make sure he stays healthy, blah, blah. blah. And then we get to the next part of the story that I'm going to try to make as short as I can, because uh, this could take a whole hour. if We want it. Mm-hmm. So my pitching coach quit, um, gets fired like the day before spring starts. And this is like going to be the biggest spring of my, my life. So he's the reason why I went there. He gets fired. The day before spring starts my new head coach or not my new head coach but my head coach um we didn't get along because of that right away so we we bumped heads a month later i quit the team i just i, I couldn't take it anywhere i quit the team um you know missed a couple of starts um get back on the team Start. Dating his daughter it had nothing to do with it. <laughs> She's now my wife. <laughs> um, but finished that season off, and you know, I hurt. I hurt my elbow, so I only ended up throwing like maybe ninety innings or so, eighty-eight something innings. And um, you know, the the Reds were still like through that whole time. Even when I quit, they're like, "Hey, we're still going to draft him. Make sure he stays in shape." Blah blah blah. And but you know, even whenever I came back and was throwing well, like I thought you know, mid to late 20s is what, the, what they were telling me. You know, as high as, you know, like 22 to late, 28, somewhere around there. It's the only one so I thought that I really heard anything from. You know, I filled out cards for other people, for other teams, but the Reds were the only ones. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to get drafted and I'm going to get out of here because, you know, I wasn't enjoying my time. And and uh, so we're sitting there at, a, at the Lake House. I remember it was me and my girlfriend then um and two of my buddies I'm sitting at his lake house and like hey I'm just turn on the draft and you could only listen to it back then way back then <coughs> and so I have it on in the background we're kind of waking up late eating breakfast and type of deal and you hear like you know the seventh round Jose Guevara out of St. Mary's and we're kind of like all looked up we're like did they just say you was that you it's like I think so then my phone started ringing and and then it was all over from there. Like it was, it's pretty surprising. It was pretty cool.
0: So when you're drafted, who from the organization calls you? Because you know, in base, like, in, you know, when you see the NFL draft, which is just the most unbelievably overrated television experience of all time, um, you know, you they get a call from like, if you get drafted by the Cowboys, it's Jerry Jones that calls you. Mm-hmm. At that time, like, was it, it was it Jim Bowden calling you? Is it the head of like the scouting department? Is it, it... was
2: it was the scout who drafted me? Okay. Yeah, he's the only one I, I really spoke to. Like a cross checker came in there on my last start to see how high they were going to draft me. And uh, and yeah, he's the one who called me and then he said, it will be in touch soon. And from then it was just kind of like, all right, I got to figure out how to get home. I don't have an agent. I don't know what I'm going to do with the signing bonus. I'm looking, up, I'm looking up like what my slot got last year. And I'm like, what am I going to do? It's not like I'm going to say, no, I need more money. I'm not going to hold out. You know, I ended up getting the the shaft on that. Thanks a lot, of Reds. But you know, it worked out well.
0: You didn't get the RA Dickey, where he got drafted in the first and no signing bonus, at least.
2: Oh, that's a fun fact I never knew.
0: Yeah, you, Did you didn't know. have an e. You
1: didn't have an agent until after you got drafted.
2: Correct. Yeah, my my pitching or my high school coach was actually friends with. I think their name were the Hendricks brothers. I think they represented like Roger Clemens. So they, they send like, kind of like their little helpers to help me out or something like that. And I end up signing for like half of what the guy before me got (laughs) the same situation, junior right-handed hit pitcher out of college and whatever. Just get me there.
1: Reds, man. I don't regret it.
0: So like for you, obviously being in San Antonio, you're in like a pretty big city when you're pitching there. When they're like, when you sign, they're like, you got to go to Billings, Montana, where you're just like, oh, that sucks.
2: Mm-mm. I was like, awesome, let's go. It was, yeah, I, I mean, I want to say I was probably, from the day I got drafted to being on the plane, it was probably like a week. Like, it went by really fast. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, because I didn't, I didn't really hold out for, for very many days. You know, we played through the numbers around back and forth like two or three times. But then the next thing you know, the scout shows up at my house. We signed the papers and then he's like, all right, we're leaving in two days. Meet us at the airport.
1: Did you like, did you like Billings? I've heard it's a really like nice area, nice scenery and all that. I mean, it looked
2: really cool. I wasn't there very long. Um, I was too good for that league. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Totally joking. totally joking. Those guys ended up winning the, winning the uh, league that year. I was kind of pissed. I missed out on a ring. <laughs> um but yeah no i had a. I i think i had one start in billings and then one on the road and then i got called up to Dayton. to low a yeah
0: for someone who played with the dragons i do kind of have to ask you this the, the sellout streak mm-hmm. do, you, do you buy it or is it just kind of they sell they, they say they sell that many tickets or
2: no they did i mean I, don't, I can't imagine too many teams that were worse than we were in 2004. Like, we lost like 90 games in a minor league game, in a minor league season. That's a lot. Yeah. You only play 140. <laughs> there were multiple double-digit losing streaks. It was bad. We had yeah. Alonzo Powell as our manager. He was great. I love that guy. If it wasn't for him, we all probably would have gone insane. He was probably our best hitter.
0: I was trying to think. So 03, who was that draft class with you? Was that Jay? Uh
2: no, I don't think so. No. Oh, he went in that class. Who was number one? Ryan Wagner was number one.
0: Oh my god, I forgot about him.
2: Ryan Wagner and then Thomas Paulie. Um, who I took a guy, he was my roommate, Thomas Pauly, out of Princeton. I don't think he started pitching until he got to Princeton. And through like 98, I just, I remember we had to go keep the chart um, in Dayton. Like the pitchers had to go behind home plate when you were a starter and track everything. He didn't know the positions. Like I had to write it down. One is the pitcher, two is the catcher, three. Oh, no. I swear to God. I was like, you they gave you how much money? <laughs>
0: Was, uh, was, the, was Dayton, like, the coolest uni you had? Because that hat's, like, pretty freaking sweet. The D with, like, I, the like, green.
2: I hated the, the sleeveless jerseys. I, just, I always hated that look. Yeah, It felt weird pitching like that. I, I didn't like it. Oh, I love the sleeveless jerseys. I don't.
0: I, it just but I remember,
2: I- like, being called up there, and I was like, holy, like, we played at Dayton. I was like, holy shit. Like, this is the minor leagues. This is what it looks like. Like, I'm out of rookie ball now, and this is low A, and the stadiums look like this. And there's always 10,000 people at the games. And then we went to, like, I don't know where the hell we went. It was brutal. It was so bad. The rest of them.
0: What's so funny is how that stadium's built. So if you've been to Dayton and you've been to Louisville for AAA, literally, like, their stadiums are built the exact same. Like if you like go to like a game of Dayton, you go to a game of Louisville, and you're like, "Oh, that's where the bathroom is." You ever been here? No, nope, but it's just like Dayton Dragons Stadium, like spot for spot in the outfield, like where the benches are, like where the like you can get the hot dog stand, like exact. So like I was like, this is kind of funny. <laughs> All right, so Nick, you said we have quite a bit of questions. So yeah, you want me to read some of them? It. Yeah, let's run through it.
1: So a couple of them we've kind of got to. So if we don't answer, read your question you know, verbatim, probably we kind of answered it in the show, We um, kind of got something similar to this a lot. Um, um, Eddie, Eddie said, uh, what happens when Sinzel and, and Boustakas come back? Um, I don't think you can take India out of the lineup. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think India can come out of the lineup at least significantly. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think Sinzel has a spot to, to play versus right-handed pitching. Um you know, I mean, there might be an injury, you know, that, that creates a spot for him, but I, I don't see, uh, I don't see how he plays. I mean, he could certainly play against left-handed pitching. The Reds could really use him there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and you know, the, the way the Red the way that David Bell uses his, his roster, just because you don't start, you, you'll still, you'll still probably get, you know, 40 at-bats a month. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he would be useful. um, yeah, the Moustakas is the weird one. I don't – you know, you cannot play Suarez at shortstop. Please, don't do it. It's just don't. Why? Why do you want to – why do you want to torment Luis Castillo? I, I don't understand it, you know. Um, he's rolling, and it. his defense helps. Um, he had 12 hard-hit balls last night, and uh, only gave one run. I mean, you know, defense helped him. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously an injury could – solve the problem, I guess for you. Um, I don't know. I mean, if, if Suarez isn't hitting, I mean, I think he, you know, might be the, the guy who has to sit the most. I mean, I think you just have to do some sort of rotation. Um, Suarez could certainly play every day against left-handed pitching, but yeah, I mean, I think he's probably at this point, the odd man out, but you know, let, let's wait and see because he has a six game history right now. I mean, if he starts hitting with any production, He's probably not the odd man out. I don't know. What are your guys' thoughts?
0: It sounds like it could possibly be the world's most expensive platoon with Mustakas and Suarez at times.
1: Yeah.
2: I feel like if, if Moose would have been healthy um, and Suarez just was somewhat near to where he was, I bet you Suarez probably would have gotten moved because he probably would have got the most return for his, you know, this is a good contract.
3: True. But, yeah.
2: I don't. Know. I, I don't. I mean, we're all in the dark with Moose on How long he's going to be back, or till he'll be back? So, I don't really think they're counting on him to be back and to being back healthy as to play every day either.
0: Yeah, I mean, they did that thing for him in Kansas City this week, and when he like waved, he was still in a boot.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't. I, I don't. I mean, I don't think they're going to try to rush him back either. Just, you know, the the. <laughs>
0: They're, yeah, they're doing fine without him, and when he comes back, it's a plus.
1: And they're going to have to bench someone that, yeah, I mean, I know, you know, everyone dislikes Suarez right now, but he's still a guy you have a lot invested. He's, he's a guy, it, it'd be painful to bench Suarez. It's not easy. That's a brutal decision to make. Um, uh, You know, I just, it's How much not, better is he
2: a third than Moose? Significantly
1: better? I, I think he's better defensively. At third base. But not by um, much. I mean, I would say it, it, depends, it depends on the week. You know, I mean, Suarez sometimes looks really, really good. Sometimes he doesn't. I mean, I think the overall numbers would probably, you know, say Moustakis is probably a little bit better. But, I mean, I don't think it's one of these things. Oh, really? where, I don't think it's one of these things. Moustakis' numbers are significantly better at third base than second base. Second base is probably a below average. Third base is probably slightly above average. Um, Suarez is... Some years been slightly below average, some years slightly above average. Just It's really hard to tell this year because he's played shortstop, and you know who knows what to make this year. But um,
0: yeah, the errors are definitely not in his favor.
1: And I think he's definitely looked more comfortable at third base. He's still, For you sure. know, like I mean,
0: his he his air his
1: air on Tuesday was the 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 biggest uh, uh, biggest reason they lost more so than the bullpen, in my opinion. I'm a Suarez yeah, yeah. guy, but yeah, I mean, it definitely. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Sorry, Eddie. I don't know. If that's a good answer. It just, it's, it, we are going to have to see who's available at that point. And um, yeah. I don't know. It, it also, you know, as much as we, we love Jonathan India, I mean, he could slow down significantly at some point, God forbid, you know, um, a lot of times rookies do fizzle out. So, you know, just because you, you know, I think we're probably looking at Mustaka's coming back in August at this point, like it's only 20 something days away from August. Right. So, I mean, we're talking, you know, we're getting into the you, know, the, you know, India might, might slow down. And at that point, you know, you can kind of, you know, mix and match, um, into where you're not really, you know, killing India's, you know, spirit because he, you know, kind of has run down. He hasn't played a full season. So it probably works itself out is, is more what I would get at. Yeah, Anything I- else on that?
2: India is not coming out. He keeps playing the way he is. Uh, he's going to be in the top 10 tomorrow and OB will be on, on base percentage. Not, as rook, not for rookies, but the entire major league.
1: Top 10. Carlos. That guy. Carlos, that guy. Love it.
0: Love, Love it. it. Bringing it.
1: Yeah. No, India has been phenomenal. I just, yeah, he's
0: definitely earned the right of lead off hitter. For you can't. You the can't say it.
1: Future. He's, you just can't say enough good things, about him. All right who makes the decision to buy or sell Is it crawl or does Bob have the final say? I mean, I think it depends on your, what you're buying. Um, if you're buying money, it's Bob. If you're uh, uh, making a trade where you're acquiring, like I think the William Adamas that I assume was a completely a crawl decision because I, I don't think Bob would have been like, no, you can't take this league minimum player for this other league minimum player. Like, you know, I don't, yeah so i yeah i mean i think it, it just it depends on what you're buying um so yeah you guys have anything else to add on that it's nah, a good, good question max that's a
0: good question though i like that one
1: um sam, <laughs> oh, this, sam said this so week we got still charlie he's the goat of reds reporters i agree charlie charlie does an awesome job um that guy is always working always has content every day um you could tell who really takes their job seriously charlie does um do you guys think vado comes back next year um yeah uh, he's yeah, under I think so. contract for uh two more years after this one um with a club option in 2024 um i, I doubt the option 24 gets picked up but yeah i mean yeah anything else on on that
0: yeah,
2: that's a no-brainer.
0: I, yeah, I think he'll be there. Plus he's playing really well right now. He's, you know, he's, he's above average. He's above, above league average right now. So. Yeah. Uh,
1: Max had another, just kind of more of a comment. It kind of goes along kind of with what I was saying earlier. So yeah, I always love when people support what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, uh, giants also have injuries and their best players are old and can wear down. Yeah. I mean, the giants have a lot of older players. Um yeah, it's just a team that's really overachieved. I mean, to their credit, but you know, they could be a team that comes back down to earth and opens up a, a another pad. Um, Castiano seems to really enjoy Cincinnati, but his main goal is winning. Do you think missing the playoffs, getting knocked out early, pushes him to opt out? Um I, I really, I, I think, I truly believe. If Cassianos wants to win, certainly has that that mentality. Um, and the Reds made the playoffs last year, right? They're competitive this year. I don't really think that is as much of a deciding factor as um, are the Reds going to um, uh, reward him for his, you know, MVP caliber season and, and try to um, at least throw some more dollars at him. Um, I mean, you know, you can say all you want about, you know, well, take hometown discount, whatever. But I mean, you know, like if if you if you earning more than you're worth, you're gonna want to raise at your job just like I would. So I don't. Yeah. Plus, Everybody's gonna guy. say
2: they, you know, they love to see they're playing in, they want to win. Yeah. But it, I mean, it all comes down to the mo- the mighty dollar. He hadn't had a big, you know, long contract. He's up for it. Um, hopefully the Reds throw something at him an offer um, because I I think this do think he likes it here he likes to win it's a great group of young kids around him for sure you know they'd be they're going to win for a while Um, it's just if they can afford him or not
0: yeah I think the big thing too that you know people keep talking about the opt-in opt-out circumstances Uh, he's got the world's Yeah, he's he is. He's got the world's most famous baseball agent. So like yeah. of course, like that's going to play a part. Like
1: Yeah, he's not just gonna be like, oh yeah, don't take don't take more money. That's good. That's cool. No worries, Ben. Yeah, I mean, he's gonna be like, get every penny. So yeah, I mean he's he's gonna, you know, certainly and he deserves it. Yeah. Um he gonna be able to throw those uh two moments of hitting
2: those home runs in Kansas city. Is he going to be able to use that for like an arbitration? Like, Hey, I also
1: did this for the game. <laughs> I think I it's like so. three and a half wins above replacement or probably more yeah. um, Jonathan scoop. I, 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 I say his name, right. Scoop scoop. Um, I, I'm guessing the question was, is he an option? Um, I think he's a solid hitter. I'm, I'm trying to look up his outs above Oop. average. Jonathan Shoop. he plays for the, the Tigers. I think he played for the Orioles for a while. A yeah. Decent, oh, yeah. Decent hitter. Um, He hasn't played shortstop. He's played first base and second base this season. Hasn't played shortstop since 2018. So I, I don't think the Reds need another second baseman, first baseman. Um, so, yeah, I would probably say... I mean, I'm sure he'd be a nice player to have, but I, I just don't see the Reds. Really yeah, have what I need um, Jose, Jose Iglesias. I mean, I guess yeah, he's, he's an upgrade. Um, I mean, I mean, I think I think the Reds. I don't know. I mean, I think the Reds with Iglesias and then and Galvis, of course, that Galvis got hurt, but was having a phenomenal year. I mean, uh, I think the Reds kind of whiffed on them. And I think their mindset originally was fine with, yeah, we can do better than him than those guys, but you got to go get better than them. And if you don't, you should have, you should have settled with them. And and at least you would have close to league average players at shortstop, as opposed to um, replace a placement level hitter who can play defense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they're going to have to kind of,
2: more that I think about it, if they're going to get a different shortstop, I think it's going to be somebody who's, significantly better because I almost feel like they're okay with Kyle Farmer like I mean he's like Nick like said he's, he's done fine I mean hits left handers well he's played solid defense like you get lucky when you have a great shortstop that can hit you know so the more I think about it like that's probably gonna be where the front office was, was probably pushed back the most unless they're gonna get a really good upgrade
1: yeah it'd be interesting what what Kyle's farmer role would be if they did you know get another back because his his numbers are above average as uh, uh against left-handed pitching and he plays great defense so I I don't know I, that's why J.P. Crawford was so interesting to me because he's a left-handed batting shortstop um obviously I don't really want to get shortstop that's a platoon but I mean that's a way to kind of keep farmer involved and um I think having two short slots options as you're playing semi-regularly can be good for you in case one goes, goes down. Cause that's, that's a real concern. It's, you know, these guys get hurt, you know, who, who's gonna, you know, who's gonna fill that position, um, you know, down the stretch. Um, if the season ends tonight and the Reds were in the wild card, which, oh, this is a great question. I love this. The season ended today and the Reds were in the wild card. which starter are you rolling out for game one? Um,
0: oh, that is a good question, Sonny.
1: I'd probably say Sonny, I would, too. um, um, but I would, I would, I mean, I would probably cheat and I would probably have Luis Castillo also. Um, maybe Wade Miley would be my like tandem guy because he's a left handed pitcher, you know, um, and he's and he's he has pitched in relief before. But yeah, I mean, I think in those wild card games, you have to have, especially with the Reds bullpen, <laughs> you have to have two starters ready. I mean, you know, if Sunday comes out and doesn't have it, which doesn't happen very often, and you got to have someone that can come right in. So, I think most teams usually have like three starters that they have available for the game, and then they you know they save one guy as their their game one. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I would love to be able to say Tyler Mallet, but like I think like we've all seen like. He just has that tendency to have that like 27 pitch inning and you definitely don't want that in like a a one game playoff. So
1: I think Tyler Malley would be my, like, I think I, I think I would go gray. Although Castillo could definitely overtake gray Mm -hmm. by the time you get to that point. Um, um, Remember gray was the Reds opening day starter last year. And then Luis Castillo kind of passed him as the Reds ace. So there's a, it, it could happen again this year. I think I would go gray um and i would have miley and castillo in the bullpen castillo did pitch in relief in the all-star game came in in, in relief and so i guess it's kind of done that once before but sunny did too um yeah i mean i think i think having i mean you know you just you never know how those games are going to go so you got to have you know kind of all all options on deck but
0: yeah good one. 2012 game 1 perfect example
1: oh and it's pronounced scope, scope. obviously Thank you, OGG host. Um, yeah, sorry guys, I, I I'm really really bad at pronouncing names. Very very bad. Very below average.
2: That's <laughs> what I'm here for now. I'm gonna ask tons of questions and Nick has to read off their names. I love it. <laughs> Not great. Not great,
1: Bob.
0: <laughs> Not great. <laughs> <laughs> I was
2: thinking earlier when I, I was listening to a podcast. They're um, talking about the All Star all-star game and stuff like that. And I was like, they're talking about Freddie Freeman, how, you know, Max Monty should be starting. <laughs> and, and I'm like, yeah, yeah Freddie Freeman. I was like, huh. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> um, but I was, thinking, I was like, you know what? I think every MVP should start next year's all-star game, no matter what position it is. And a Cy Young should start the game, no matter how good or bad they're doing, unless they're hurt, obviously.
1: I think every Brewers pitcher should pitch in the all-star game this year.
3: <laughs> I think
1: inning. two innings from woodruff uh two from burns uh let's get peralta as an injury replacement i think he can give you three innings i feel i feel good about that
0: yeah good. yeah I use
1: agree. them all up they don't need to pitch in that first series after the break they can take some time off maybe, maybe even send them on vacation with
0: their families yeah. sounds like a plan i was cracking up i was listening to a baseball barbecue today Because since we had Jordan Schusterman on, I always try to give them love because they were really cool to us, and they were making fun of how like MLB was like these all star rosters are stacked, and it's like, yeah, they're the all star rosters. (laughs) They're like, like who's gonna top these guys? It's like, no one because they're they're the all star roster.
1: (laughs) Did you see them retweet some of the old old ones? (laughs) they retweeted retweeted like like the the 2012 all-star roster there was one of them like milky Cabrera was a starter and i was like it's funny it's funny how those those rosters do not age well like you're like what that guy started in an all-star game um let's hope Jesse Winker is is like not <laughs> one of those um and, and by all accounts I don't think he will but it, it it's it, it goes back to kind of what I was saying earlier like you never know what what teams and players are going to look like three years from now like like things yeah. change rapidly in this game
0: looks like we said last week remember like Roland started in the 2011 one he was like the seventh replacement for the third base and he was so
1: bad in 2011 <laughs> like he was not even good um, he had one good year with the Reds and then oh, still, still disappointed. Frazier, yeah, <laughs> start over him. And why, man, was, that was in Pittsburgh, right?
2: The All Star yeah. game, yeah. Uh,
0: to, see, 2011 was this wasn't it,
2: Scott, Joey,
1: Arthur Rhodes? Arthur Rhodes yeah. was 2010. Okay. Um, I know that uh, the Reds had like, I think the Reds had Scott, Joey, Brandon, and I think Arthur in 2000. Yeah,
0: 2010.
1: Mm -hmm. I've watched that game back.
0: Yeah, because 2011 was Joey, I think Brandon, and Scott all made it again. Jay made it in 11, I think.
1: We got a guy for that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was in Arizona.
0: That's right. Arizona.
1: Scott Ooh. Roland, Jay Bruce. No Joey. Oh, no Joey's there. And Brenda Phillips. Yeah. Reds really, I mean, <laughs> the Reds really have got a lot of all-stars. Like, yeah. Like, like, you know, especially for a team that hasn't necessarily been great the last decade. We've really have been gotten more all-stars than I mean, the Reds have always been, I think, guess top heavy a little bit. Um, but
0: Alfredo Simon made it 2014.
1: Yeah, that that's one of the ones like, just, like, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah don't you remember after he <laughs> we we'll had edit that allegedly, out again. <laughs> allegedly. Um, no, no, no. remember um the home run derby? Um, S- Simon had like these like weird glasses Ooh. on with like Errolis Chapman, and they were like. They were. It was a great picture, you know. I, I just, Simon
2: has spent all his money already. I guarantee it. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Five years ago.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I think unless we got anything else we want to touch on, oh, I guess real quick, um, Brewer series obviously this week, um, big start of the two straight series and with the Austin break in between, um, kind of look at the pitching matchups real quick so you know what's coming up tomorrow. Tyler Mallet versus – is it Hauser is pitching tomorrow for them?
1: Oh, I mean, Hauser? Oh. Do, oh. Don't me do work.
0: Oh, yeah. Adrian Hauser tomorrow. Friday, you've got Wade Miley going against um, Lauer, as by phone's being a jerk face McGee. And you got – see, Saturday, oh. Blackwood's years oh. against Wendy Peralta. In the last game for the All-Star break, you have Luis Castillo for somehow the Reds are just now seeing Brandon Woodruff for the first time, who I don't know how in all the Brewers games they've played, they haven't seen him yet, but um, obviously we know the Brewers rotation is kind of their strength. Thank God today in that loss to the Mets, they had to use their best relievers, so hopefully that's a good favorable thing for the Reds. Um, Any expectations, predictions, you guys have any thoughts on that series?
1: I mean, you know, it's going to be a four-game split. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's for <this> sure <laughs> going to be a four play <laughs> um, i'm
2: not even being greedy i hope so um i will take a either a four three or three four i'll take it
1: yeah yeah um, i mean i, w- I would look three out of four would be just phew,
2: the no two. i'm talking out of the next seven. Oh, like i'll take a four and three or a three and four like just to where this is not going to decide whether they're going to go buy someone or not
1: i would take five oh. and two i would take five and two Oh, I would take everything above
2: a 500 record, but I'm yeah. just saying like, I would be, ha- I, I wouldn't be mad if it was, they won three out of four. I mean, three out of seven, you know, like they they lose one game out of all seven. You know what I'm saying?
1: No. Three out of seven. Yeah. I mean... They win three out of seven. They lose one game. <laughs> Do you mean they win three out of four and they win two out
2: of three? No, I'm saying out of this next seven that they have, if they win three, the Brewers win four. They only fall back one game.
0: Oh, okay, I see what you're saying now. So if yeah, it's be they-
1: seven games back with two weeks to the trade deadline. I, I, I would at least need four and three. I, I think I would. I think, I think you know, four and three. I think I'd feel good. I mean, they would be five back. Well, then if it's if it's they got to get four
2: and three, then it's a lot bigger series than we're making it out to be. Because then oh it's massive
1: it's i mean every game is worth two games i mean there's no there's no you lose and you you get lucky you know um and but if but if you win you you know you you're picking up a game for sure so yeah i mean it's massive um um yeah i mean i would the Reds, reds have to win Four. Yeah. Of the game. yeah, if they don't it's win four of the games, and they're man. seven games back with two. They're not going to buy. It's just they're they're not going to do it. Even yeah, if they're seven games
2: back, I'm still not like super worried just because of the way this division is. Everybody's going on winning streaks, losing streaks, and get to play the Brewers a lot more still. So,
1: well, yeah, I mean, we know the way it's going to happen. They're gonna they're gonna win. They're gonna go three and four, and then they're gonna win ten straight after that series ends. That's that's how it always works in Cincinnati. It's 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 when when you least expect it, then they yeah.
0: Two thousand ten, they got swept by the Cardinals, and then they went on that run in, like, yeah. in August that year.
1: Yeah, the biggest series in Cincinnati baseball in twenty years, and they get swept, and then they oh, the Reds are toast. Cardinals, man, they're the, they're the class of the division, and they can't win another game. They and they they were losing to bad teams too. Yeah. So I, I yeah did that 2010 video, so I've kind of rewatched a lot of it. Cardinals lost to a lot of like bad teams that year down the stretch and just completely collapsed.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. I hate stuff. To see it, yeah, yeah. All right, so I think we'll go ahead here. We'll wrap this up from this week's edition of Late Night Reds Talk. Uh, next week is the All Star break, so hopefully we're talking about a good Milwaukee series and getting ready for the next one. Um, really had a fun time today, guys. Thanks to Charlie Goldsmith for joining us. Again, I'm going to reiterate this for all of you guys in the chat. First off, thank you for joining us. We love having you. It means a lot to us. Apple Pods, if you have an iPhone, which most of the world does at this point, I'm pretty sure, just go to Apple Pods, give us a few minutes of your time, give us a nice five-star review because it's the only way people are going to find out about us more. So it goes a long way. I'm willing to throw in some co- some comp- some contests and some stuff. If you can show us, you're following us on Twitter and Apple Pods. Give me a couple of days to put together. I'll get it out this weekend um, so we can get some stuff out there. But uh, we really would appreciate all the attention. We appreciate you guys kind of interacting with us, whether it be on Twitter or anything like, you know, here. So it's definitely awesome. Uh, we're really having a lot of fun with this. Like I said, enjoy the series this weekend. It's a big one coming up. Go Reds. Everyone have a great night and we will
3: talk soon yeah